Welcome to the Desperate Mothers Podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jack Fisher. And this week we're talking about Comic-Con. More specifically, LA Comic-Con, which is one of our local favorites because it's within driving distance and we often don't even have to like splurge for a hotel room. Yeah, although uh, that's always fun because you can uh, stay late and wake up early and... Be there for the next day without having to spend an hour in L.A. traffic. And on the weekends, it's usually light, but... Then if you're, like, cosplaying or you're wearing a costume, you don't <laughs> put your costume on and then spend an hour and 15 minutes in the car. Now, I've, I've never done any cosplay at a con. At all? Nothing? No. no. Not even casual characters? No. Not even... Not even clothes inspired by. Well, I th- I think the closest I came is I I took my uh, uh, Doctor Who uh, scarf uh, that Lisa knitted for me. Um, Did you wear it? I can't. Believe probably it. not because just, I'm I'm always too hot. I just say I can't believe you wear you wore like a sixteen or thirty two foot scarf all around Comic Con floor. Yeah, I. I you know, I, I get maybe a couple of days of use out of that a year on, on the few days that it's cold enough for me to actually wear a scarf. Now those days have to involve actual snowfall and wind chill below zero. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, that's... I, I don't do cosplay because I'm always warm and costumes always make me overly warm. So... The great thing about that, or the great way to approach that exact issue, is to pick a cosplay of a character that dresses in regular clothes. Like distinctive colors, though. So, if like Sarah and her friends have gone to uh, San Diego dressed like the waitresses from um, True Blood. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? Um, I've gone as Popeye. Where I have the sailor's hat, but it's just a sailor shirt that I that I make, and you know, pants, without the big Popeye arms and stuff. What I'm trying to say is, it's, it's like character-inspired clothing, like those geeky jerseys, so like the that are uh, the hockey and sports jerseys that are themed. Those yeah. those are kind of cool. Those uh, don't don't quite qualify as cosplay, but they are getting in the spirit. You know, you can always wear a Star Trek uniform and that's regular clothes. You're not going to be any hotter than your regular clothes. Yeah. The, uh, of course, my favorite Star Trek costumes are not of the male persuasion. So. Well, 
so you can cross play as Lieutenant Uhura. That <laughs> would be uh, cross gender, cross. Uh, it's cross play. Cross play. Yeah. Cross play. Um, you, you you don't have to shave the facial hair, but it makes it a harder sell. Well, yeah, I, I suppose. Um, I do have a shot that I uh, uh, took of one gal last year that was doing a 50s pinup style uh, inspired uh, red dress Star Trek crew member original series. And it was it was phenomenal. Uh, I didn't have the legs to pull it off, but uh, she made it look really good. Yeah, there's a lot more shaving involved for you. <laughs> You're quite the hairy guy. Well, thank you for noticing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've always wanted to dress as or dress up as something Star Trek inspired or Star Trek. I, I always wanted to go a full on Andorian. I love the Andorians, <laughs> but that is a lot of makeup. Yeah. Now, are they the ones that have the antennas? Yes, the, the blue skin with yeah, the antenna. Okay. Ever since I saw them on, on like the original series, I was like, those are the best aliens ever. Uh, you know, that weren't green-skinned dancer girls. <laughs> but you can totally go as just any ensign or crew member. These days, they've got tons of places you can get the Star Trek costumes. So, um, just for those that are interested, uh, I do want to mention um, the showtimes for LA Comic Con because uh, they have kind of caught us by surprise uh, in in years past. The hours are not; I think they're actually doing longer hours this year. It than, does look like it. Yeah, yeah. Friday starts earlier. Uh, Friday starts at one p.m. and goes till eight p.m. And Saturday opens at nine thirty and runs until seven p.m. Uh, the the moral of the story there is if you decide that you want to go eat at 5 o'clock, you're probably not going to get too much time on the floor after you return from dinner. Did they cut it at 6 p.m. on fr- Saturday last year? I think that was the surprise for us. Uh, I don't recall. But it was early. Yeah. Uh, left to go get dinner, expecting to come back. And you and couldn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> it was closed. I was like, really? Of course, they did have... Uh, some after show activities there was uh like oh yeah a, there, there were a, a lot a of nerd dance, and, dance yeah. party and um well i guess i mean if you really want to sell it as far as marketing goes you want to close early while people still have some energy and then they, you can pass them off to your other business partners who charge them 20 dollars to get into the nerd exclusive dance party so if you're thinking about attending, you should probably also know that the uh, the main stage at LA Comic Con is, uh, for the most part, standing room, uh, standing room only. They do unless have, you VIP'd it, unless you VIP'd it, or uh, if you are uh, registered as a person with a handicap, then they will provide seating for you. Yeah. So if you're not handicapped right now, you're probably not going to get your sticker in time. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't go having your buddy break your leg or something. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if they'd uh, let that float. Um, now that's uh, that's in contrast to uh, to the other 
uh, halls at LA Comic Con. Uh, all those are f- uh, fully seated. Um, yeah, lecture convention rooms, those yeah. kind of things. Um, yeah, but the, the main stage, like we were talking about it, the main stage where, where the biggest, that gets the biggest names, biggest groups at LA Comic-Con is kind of the open air thing. Like in the middle, there was a Hot Topic stage back years ago, two years ago. It's still the Hot Topic stage now. I I don't know. But it's just... So the biggest thing that's going on, so you see it when you're in the main convention hall floor. Yeah, the the main floor and all the vendors and exhibitors completely surround the main stage. So that's cool because everything that they want to show is happening in the same room. You, You don't have to travel very far. Now, if you are exhibiting in one of the smaller rooms... You may have to walk halfway around the globe. (laughs) Well, well, a few years back when we were there, you really had to. They had it in two rooms, two rooms or two or three rooms. It was really disjointed. They um, they had us off in a a separate small press area, Mm -hmm. and uh, we had to go to a completely different part of the uh, convention center to go back to the main hall. Yeah, it was really out of the way. So that hurt. Um, but not really a whole lot different than massive San Diego, right? I mean, that's a trek to get everywhere. Well, uh, you know, at San Diego Comic-Con, everything is spread out. Um, you really have to to budget your uh, not only walking from one hall to the other, but also the amount of time that you're going to be standing in line at any given hall. And the fact that at San Diego, you're going to get in line for something, and you may not make it. You're not guaranteed because you're in line that you're going to, you're going to get in. They're going, to, they're going to put you in there. Those lines start up hours, hours before. Sometimes if it's a really popular show, they'll start the morning of, and sometimes the day before. <laughs> but the deal is, if you've got something coming up at, uh, say... Doctor Who is happening. The Doctor Who preview is happening in Hall H at 2 p.m. And everyone's like all batshit crazy for it. And they start getting in line to go into that hall for 2 p.m. There might be three or four other shows, five, six other panels before that. And all these bodies are coming in. They don't care. They don't care at all. They're putting on their panels. And everyone's just like, yawn. I'm just saving my place for Doctor Who. Yeah, I, I I don't know if they uh, they make you leave the hall uh, between panels at at San Diego Comic Con. They tell you when they're gonna do like clear the halls. So if it's a big event, they just let you camp. As far as I remember, yeah, it's been so long since I've been. Yeah, my uh, I think the last time I went to San Diego Comic Con was the premiere of uh, of Serenity the movie based on Firefly. Wow. That was a little while ago. That was. If I uh, had IMDb open, I could probably tell you exactly when that was. Nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) So as I was telling you earlier, uh, I didn't look at the programming for 
LA Comic Con other than to make sure that my panel submission wasn't approved and I missed the email. You know, I, I mean, it's been known to happen. Our, our last minute panel changes happen, right? Sure. I've known plenty of people who, who have had less than a week to actually get their panel together after other people drop out and they're notified that their panel is approved. So I wasn't holding my breath. Originally, I was going to submit a few panel ideas just to see what bit, but I thought, well, I'll just do the one for the podcast, for our Desperate Mothers podcast, and if they accept it, then I can bring other shit, you know, enrich the panel. So just to catch our listeners up, what was your uh, your idea for the panel? The idea for the panel was a podcast like nobody's listening. <laughs> Like little, Something you have a lot of experience yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. It says, you know, we'll we'll go from a few dozen downloads on any given podcast to one podcast for whatever reason will catch fire and get a few thousand. Um, so it's just, I would say you never know what's going to hit, but that's not entirely true. We know what our most popular topic has been to date. <laughs> <laughs> Our three most popular topics to date have been topics we don't really want to like ride. We, we don't want to become known for those particular topics. Well, I don't care so much to be a Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah. We, we have a lot of fun with Game of Thrones as casual viewers. But there's plenty of people doing that. Yeah. Well, it stands to reason. I mean, we do a Game of Thrones podcast where we talk significantly about game of thrones and those get a lot of downloads you know um the other most popular topic the most popular topic we get well i'll 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 save that one for a second later the third most popular topic is nerd bait when we go off about nerd bait when we talk about models and and people the well yeah because it's nerd bait. It is nerd bait. Our, our audience mean. is nerds. Right, right. I mean, nerd bait's not a derogatory term. No. <laughs> I mean, I think I may have used it as such originally, but it really is a term of... It, it's it's nerd fishing. It really is fishing for nerd attention. Nerd baiting, right? As, <laughs> as opposed to masturbating. <laughs> Nerd baiting is not masturbating. It can lead to that, but uh, no, they, you, they are different. Right, right. Nerd baiting is is putting content out there that specifically draws in. It's geared the, towards the proclivities of nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nerd bait, you know, and I and it's just a rail against people that would uh, maybe inauthentically take advantage of nerds versus the ones that are nerds themselves. You know, it's really hard to tell, but these days there's more real authentic nerds than there are fake nerds. There's still some some huge fake nerds out there, but, you know, there's some, there's enough. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of people that really make and design their own costumes. And, and they're just phenomenal, and you know that the... The nerd core runs deep. So that's why there hasn't been a whole lot of me railing against nerd bait in a long time. <laughs> just because it's, it's. I think it's been years. It has, it has. It's just because there's so much good stuff out there that it, it really 
it really just buries the bad stuff. Um, and I've, I've become like, you know, Patreon supporter of a handful of, of people who make nerd costumes. And, and if I don't support them on Patreon, I'll either do it on YouTube via the, the subscriber function or the, the super chat. I've, I don't know if you're familiar with any of that stuff. It's kind of like on the Twitch where you give money to people as they're chatting live. Yeah, the what they call them, cheer bits or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so almost all of the most successful streaming services have a way that you can pay or tip. Tip, yeah, I would call it tipping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in YouTube it's Super Chat and Twitch it's the cheer bits or, or whatever that is. And But they also have subscription functions. Like I have a channel that I subscribe to on Twitch and if you're an Amazon Prime member, I guess it's another plug for Jeff Bezos because fucker doesn't have enough money, right? <laughs> you if get like a free subscription to you get one free subscription yeah. to Twitch Prime uh, on Twitch Prime, so you can basically just pass on some value to your favorite Twitch streamer person. So I do that, and uh, you know I, I'm supporting <laughs> nerd baiters all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> And do you want to mention the other most popular topic? And our, our hands down, the most popular topic, the one that guarantees us hundreds of downloads, if not thousands, is uh, the, mad, the mad man himself, <laughs> the Donald. Yeah. Um, he says batshit crazy things all the time, and he's ma- he makes money. He's making money for everybody. If we wanted to really make this podcast uber successful, we would just talk about Trump every single episode. And we would just be like 10,000 subscribers in in weeks, I bet. Months for sure. Well, I'd like to think that I still have, you know, a soul and a conscious so I, I don't want to... Well, we also have jobs, and we want to keep those. Yeah, I, I don't want to hitch my wagon to the, uh, the Trump DJT uh, Express. Especially if they plan to end that show early. If they're going to cancel <laughs> that show in the next two years, you know, you're not going to have nothing. Well, you know, I, I think even if he leaves office in a uh, um, orderly fashion that he's not going to leave the public eye. I think the best thing, and I've said this a million times before, I think the best thing for Trump's political life, you know, if he wants to remain relevant in the United States for the remainder of his lifetime, that he would not be reelected because, because if he gets reelected and serves out the other four years, you know, he's lame duck and then he's out, right? You know, we're, we're a two, we're, we're a, a two-term presidency, and then you are yesterday's news, right? But I swear, if that guy does not get reelected, he is forever going to be relevant on the political scene because he's always just going to be off in the wings, threatening, threatening. I'm going to run again. I'm going to run again. And and he would control, I, I believe, just because if he doesn't get president again, it's going to be as slim a margin as he didn't get president this last time. Well, if he does get president again, he's going to try to change the Constitution. To so he limit... can be president for life? Yes. Yeah. 
because he really likes that idea. Oh yeah, I think his uh, his dream in life is to become the dictator of the United States. Oh, president for life. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, president, president for, for life. life. Yeah. <laughs> we j- we just have to you know modify a few pesky items in the Constitution and and then maybe he can get together with his friend Kanye and and strike that whole Thirteenth <laughs> Amendment out of there. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... Okay, let's let's bring this boat back around to uh, to something. Why we're in danger of like getting a whole lot of downloads <laughs> if we keep talking about this for like fifteen more minutes? Okay, yeah, we're gonna get on the NSA list again, but we're already there. It could get any worse. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, well, yes, <laughs> but it could lead to more downloads, and not just from the government users. The deal is. He would remain more relevant if he was not to be reelected, because he would be a bigger part of the Republican Party. Yeah, he would. He, he would, would be. The... He would lead the party for decades if he lives decades. And if anyone's going to put their brain in a jar, it's going to be that guy. It's going to put my brain in a jar, and then in Ivanka. <laughs> Oh my, yes. Um, so uh, that went downhill fast. Um, but we we did broach our, like our, our three most popular topics: Game of Thrones, nerd bait, and uh, the orange one. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're gonna have to come up with a a really good nickname for for Trump that hasn't been come up with already. Um, that hasn't been come up with. That already. hasn't been. We need to come up with an original nickname for DJT. Something that you know that that's us. I don't know. It's it's just tough. It's tough. I mean, this is a guy who's who's called everybody every name in the book. You know, um, and he he does not. He's a he's a huge fan of slander and libel, <laughs> <laughs> because he's so good at it. Yeah, yeah. So so we need our own. We need. Uh, I keep trying to come up with things, and people are like, man, man, why are you so harsh on the president? He's your president. You should respect him. <laughs> no it doesn't say that anywhere in the constitution right <laughs> it says we're allowed to express ourselves and i don't remember all these white people <laughs> respecting <laughs> obama when he was the president <laughs> and i wasn't myself the biggest obama fan in the world so we still don't have any of those things. We still don't have a few of those things Obama said who he's going to do. We don't have a shared national medical database. And we never did close Guantanamo. Yeah. And that's something that he wanted to do his entire presidency. And um, he, he let, I guess, cooler, more even heads, more experienced heads prevail. Do you think Donald Trump would have let people tell him no? Well, he does not let people tell him no. Yeah. <laughs> Guantanamo would have been closed if that was Trump's agenda. Of course, Trump's agenda is really like to send all the reporters to Guantanamo. It, it is a convenient place to uh, 
um, exile your uh, your opponents. You can you can get into some interesting facts about Guantanamo. A prison within another sovereign nation that's operated by a different sovereign nation. Well, when you really look at it that way, it's a ballsy thumb in somebody's eye, (laughs) right? It's like, hey, I'm going to put my dick in your ass and don't say anything about it. Well, truthfully, if you're going to back that ass all the way up here, you're going to get it, right? I mean, it's kind of close to home, right? It really is not a whole lot different than, say, well, I don't know. It is a whole lot different. It would be a whole lot different. Like like having a Russian gulag just north of Juno. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of uh, um, having a Russian gulag in the state of Georgia next to South Carolina. Oh, okay. You were going a little closer to home. Yeah. But well, because Georgia's a state in Russia and in America. Oh. Just going for the confusion factor? Yeah. Okay. I got you. Anyhow. All right. So. Oh, no. When I said closer to home, I meant our home, not their home. But that aside... So we can talk about Donald Trump for another 20 minutes and, you know, hopefully someone's... Or we could move on and tank our download rate. Well, why don't we do that? So <laughs> I just don't care about that. So LA Comic Con, you are not wearing any costume. I am not wearing a costume. Because you don't want to buy a Star Trek shirt? You love Star Trek. Yeah. Well, okay, I look a little bit like Captain Kirk in season three. Where he needed to wear a uh, uh, a girdle to keep his stomach from protruding. What was the title of the episode with the alternate Kirk and Spock? M- mirror, mirror. Uh huh. Right. If, if you darken up all of your 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 hair and your goatee and stuff, you can get away with the evil Spock. Uh, yeah, that that is true. And about the only makeup I'd need is maybe some prosthetic hairs. And I can buy those there. Yeah, that's actually a cool costume to be, you know, Mirror Mirror Spock. I don't know why you haven't done it yet. All right, I'll uh, I'll consider that. Or you can just be, you know, system of a down. <laughs> you get confused for all the time anyway. So uh, what I'd really like to focus on, though, is getting Lisa to go in costume. Uh, although, you know... Uh, Win one for the nerds. I actually managed to uh, uh, to get my spouse to agree to. Well, not so much agree. She she asked to to join me this year at at LA Comic Con. It'll be her first attendance at a nerd fest. At least it's not you know a massively giant Comic Con. I think Sarah's first were San Diego. Yeah, which is a headache of a con. Yeah, San Diego. It, and uh, I, I did look up uh, the movie Serenity, and it came out in 2005. So Oof. it's been 13 years since I've been to Comic-Con. That is a while. Now, but even 13 years ago, uh, the main floor, it was uh, elbow to elbow uh, people 
the crowd, uh, vendors as far as the eye can see, uh, celebrities constantly walking by. Well, I assure you it got worse, and the celebrities, not so much. I mean, depending how big they were, right? The ones going to their t- the only time you see them is the ones going to their tables, their booths, whatever, when they're doing the signings. Yeah, from... Well, I, you know, uh, when I was there, it was people going to from some sort of press announcement or panel uh, appearance. Um, but, uh, yeah, this year, um, uh, the spouse managed to uh, decide that she wanted to experience a, a nerd fest uh, firsthand. And uh, we're making a date weekend of this. Fun. Yeah. We'll see how that social experiment goes. <laughs> we'll see if she ever uh, asked to go to another one. But she she has her own special nerd things that she likes. You know, she's a huge Doctor Who fan, and uh, she loves her Legend of Zelda. Um, and if I can, you know, find anything that's themed around that, I can probably at least drag her there and get her to look at it for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, and then she's gonna gonna say, "Oh my God, we made this whole big trip to do this." That's why I got her a nice hotel room. We got to, uh, you have to find some panels for her to go and and watch and sit down. Yeah, the the panels are a convenient place to um, to go and rest because you've probably been doing a lot of walking. I, I, you know, personally, I love the behind-the-scenes panels. I love the creator panels. I love, I love the panels where people get into the talking about the creative process or, or publishing or all that. And I'll just spend all day in those kind of panels because, you know, it's not like talk you usually get to do. You don't, you don't, you always get to talk to these creative types about the mundane things that go into being a creative. So, um. Usually I get into the whole panel thing, and it'll be four, five, six hours before I come out and go back to the floor. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the panels myself. We don't share quite the same taste in uh, uh, the panel topics, but uh, there, there's a fair amount of overlap. Yeah, you do. You like to go to the, the, the entertainment ones, um, previews, shows that you like. Well, yeah, you give me a chance to... And actually interact to some extent with uh, you know somebody on a show that I'm a fan of and I'm probably going to jump at that mm-hmm. especially if they're a redhead mm-hmm. uh, and a girl and a girl <laughs> uh, I am not immune to nerd bait and, uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it yeah I'm just not uh, I'm not a starstruck kind of guy I, you know, I don't think of myself as starstruck. You're not, but you are way more excited to see people than I am. I mean, a, as we've seen in the past, like we stand right next to like people that I consider legends, and and I don't even like approach them. <laughs> you know, I don't got anything. And to you say. certainly don't want your picture taken with them. No, I just uh, if I don't have anything to say, I just I just kind of don't, which is really funny considering. <laughs> Normally, you can't shut yourself up. <laughs> Well, maybe the maybe the key is we uh, smuggle a, a fifth of Jack Daniels in and get you lubricated, and then you'll be more relaxed and talkative. Oh, then, I'm, then I'm, <laughs> when I'm drinking, I feel like everybody needs to know my opinions on everything. 
You just have to channel that frame of mind into into the show. Yeah, we'll see <laughs> how long it takes me to get escorted out of Comic-Con. Sir, you cannot sit with the famous people. No, they love me. I'm one of them. I'm one of you and them. I'm just, I'm like them. I'm like you. I'm bridging the gap. You guys need me here. You're not even making any sense. You must leave, sir. Ooh, are those props? No, they're handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anybody you are dying to see at LA Comic Con? Because by the time this goes up, it will be over. <laughs> well, um, I am really interested in seeing the uh, the Tenacious D panel. Uh, they're previewing a show. Uh, what? What's the name of the show? Uh, I should probably know this. Um, a new show. Uh, you said something about the apocalypse. Post-apocalypto. Um, this has not been on my radar. Um, you can assume that if it involves uh, Tenacious D that there's going to be musical content. Um, I don't know if this is a one-off um, or if it's intended to be a series. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to go see that. I'd like to uh, listen to Jack Black and uh, Cal Gas talk about it, uh, hear what they have to say. Maybe uh, take a pick or two of them as they talk. Because you're going to be right there at the main stage. It's going to be like just you, them. 15,000 other people. 15,000 of our closest friends. Yes. And you don't get to get real close unless you camp there early. Yeah, uh, last year I had a, a pretty exhaustive list of, uh, of things that I wanted to do. Well, I, I shouldn't say exhaustive. I had two big goals. Um, I, I wanted the, uh, the autograph of Stanley. Um, um, so, yeah, actually, ahead of time, I only planned for one thing, but it turned into two things at the show. Uh, I, I got the autograph, and I did get my uh, my picture with Stan Lee also. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there this year. No, no. The, uh, the arrangement between the show and uh, Stan Lee, according to the website, terminated amicably, and they haven't made any... Uh, any suggestions that it needs to be reinitiated? Well, it sounds like, you know, on that note, we talked in the past about how Stanley has seemed to gone off the rails under under the influence of some nefarious persona. And that may or may not be resolving itself. Um, but there's been a lot less batshit Stanley <laughs> crazy stuff happening. There has been significantly uh, smaller percentage of uh, Stanley batshit crazy In stuff. In fact, happening. I can't think of any since the situation seems to have reconciled itself. I was hoping, as a result, that he and the POW Entertainment and LA Comic Con could resolve their differences. Well, that's, you know, and how old is Stan? 90 something. Yes. Um, was it 92, 93? Yeah. Maybe cooler heads are telling him, 
you know, you need to enjoy the last couple of years of your life <laughs> and not uh, put yourself through such uh It was a, a pretty grueling schedule. grueling schedule, yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, just to see it, I, I, I felt bad for him. I mean, I think... We saw him two or three times in the last two or two years, mm-hmm. and each time it was like more work, more work, more work. And I just didn't feel like the last time when you got to see him that he was necessarily enjoying himself. I didn't stand next to him for a picture. I don't know if you guys got the chit chat, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't sound like it, if I recall. Oh no, no, there is. Uh, the picture was well orchestrated. Um, you uh, you stepped into the presence of Stan Lee. Um, you had uh, a second or two to assume whatever pose you wanted, and then you were uh, ushered out uh, after the camera snapped. Oh, Stan's gonna be ninety six in December. Oof, man, he's uh, he's approaching a century. He looks damn good for that age. I mean, we saw him. We saw him ninety. Had he was ninety four then, right? He had to be ninety four. Well, I saw him last year, so if he's ninety five now, ninety five now, yeah, that would stand mm-hmm. to reason that at the end of the year ninety six. I mean, yeah, he's that's a lot of years old, you know. And hopefully, everybody looks that good at ninety four years old. Ninety four, man. I I don't think I want to live that long. Well, I do, but I hope robots help me. <laughs> so you're you're for the brain in a jar too. Yes, and the Ivanka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you and DJT have things in common. We both want to be inside Ivanka. <laughs> Maybe not quite the same way. <laughs> All right. I'd be a clone Ivanka. <laughs> <laughs> Infer what you will from that. <laughs> All right. So over the next week, I'm definitely going to have to uh, take a closer look at the schedule and plan out what I'm going to do. Uh, the Tenacious D thing is Friday night at 7 p.m. on the main stage. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be a slam dunk. Friday night. Yes. Friday the 26th at 7 p.m. on the main stage. Tenacious D. I cannot believe that they're going to have a lot of people there. Usually, the like the one thing, that, the takeaway that you and I always talk about before is Friday nights are set-up nights, and it's usually not jam-packed. Well, they're doing the, um, the fashion show again. So the fashion show, I believe, is going to be after Tenacious D. Uh, so it kind of gives people... Uh, now, did you buy the VIP oh, no. tickets? I'm sorry. The uh, the fashion show is at 4.30. I, I was wrong. Um, so 4.30, fashion show, and then Tenacious D at 7 p.m. So did you buy the VIP tickets? I haven't. Are you considering it? Cause I, am, I am considering they it. They have the stage seating for the VIP. Yes, they do. And that's pretty awesome. Yes, it is. But it's not cheap. Well... If I don't consider what I already paid for the tickets, it's not that bad. Um, All right. I mean, a three-day a three-day ticket was what seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Um, so I want to say I I want to say I could upgrade my tickets for one hundred and fifty dollars each. Each. 
and that gets you in 30 minutes early. It gives you a, a private uh, lounge area where you have refreshments and uh, alcoholic beverages. And that could go a long way to making uh, my spouse's enjoyment of the show uh, much more than otherwise. Okay, so with it, you get, and uh, okay, yeah, so this is going to be an advertisement to the five of you that are still listening now that we're not talking about Donald Trump and Ivanka anymore. You get the three-day pass to LA Comic Con. You get the invitation to a private preview with access to the full event 30 minutes before general admission doors. Invitation to the Kamikaze Lounge. Ooh, a reference to the old name. Including private cash bar serving themed cocktails. There's double asterisks there with no reference to, to a key below. Video games and arcade games. Comfortable seating and device charging stations. One LA Comic Con merch gift. One commemorative super VIP laminate. And on-site experience concierge. That sounds That hard. sounds like a volunteer <laughs> told to answer your questions. That's uh sounds like a bargain to me. It's the seat at the main stage is what you're paying 150 bucks for. Uh, that and the, the access to the, the bar. Lounge. The lounge. Yeah. And we've been by the lounge many times. That lounge looked really amazing. It was a tent with the same <laughs> seats in it. No, this was inside the main floor. It was. You didn't have to leave the main floor in order to go get, get a, drink. a drink. That's true, because you do have to leave the main floor to go get refreshment. And once you once you make the trek to where the food trucks are or whatever restaurant you're looking to, to go to, yeah, that, that's cutting... 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes out of your uh, your show show schedule. It's true. You're gonna miss a you're gonna miss a panel miss if you have. If, yeah, you're gonna miss something. I, I get it. I get it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, maybe. I. Part of me thinks that I should uh, I should save the money and spend it on merch at the show. And part of me thinks that if I ever want want my spouse to go back to one of these, it <laughs> <laughs> is a double edged sword. There. Well, yeah. Then she wants to go back, but only if she's a VIP. <laughs> yeah, and and you have to deal with the idea that uh, if she sees it and you don't have VIP ticket, mm. she's like, "Oh, we should have done that." Yeah. <laughs> Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, and if you never tell her how much the VIP costs, then she's not going to appreciate it. I don't know. It's mixed. I've been there. I've been by the VIP. I've been at the stage. I've seen the fuckers sit down in their comfy-looking, folding metal chairs. <laughs> now, I did, uh, I did acquire a little folding, lightweight tripod camping chair didn't you have that the last time we went i did not i did not have that um i acquired it a month or two ago and the intent there is to be able to uh, to carry it with me in my backpack and uh will they let you into the show with it there's only one way to find out 
that's to attempt to bring it in. Sir, sir, what is that? <laughs> it's my butt cane. <laughs> it holds my butt up. And I can make a a fairly genuine plea that, you know, I have back issues that I need to be able to sit down on occasion. You, you need to get a note from your doctor. <laughs> no, we're, we're just going to bring the camping chair with me, and if they make me uh, get rid of it, then I'll... Uh, Go back to the hotel and stow it? I'll toss it in the trash can. Oh. Well, no matter what you do, we this is going to be... The, it's their Octoversary. It's their eighth annual show in L.A. So you're going to go there and enjoy it some way, either with a butt cane or the VIP tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting that at the extra VIP price, you don't even get an autograph with a canned celeb. Um, are you sure it doesn't say uh, no? No, uh, no there's no some type of, of your merch thing. Or something? No. Okay. Yeah, because the last couple of years they've they've had that. When you do the VIP, they've they said uh, <laughs> this one is only one for the premium VIP. This one is only the autograph five hundred dollar experience. Oh, okay. And then you get the meet and greet. The ultimate experience. With Danny Machete Trejo. Oh, wow. That would be uh, pretty special. If he wasn't just working his ass off and trying to show up <laughs> everywhere anyway. You know, if he was a recluse or somebody I had limited access to. But this fucker's out here with tacos and donuts and just making himself. Have you seen his Instagram and shit? And Twitter, this guy is just on fire with like putting it out there. I, I've only seen stuff that uh, that shows up secondary on my uh, uh, on my scope. I haven't really been following any of his stuff directly. Yeah, he's just all over the place. Just good for him, like really managing that social media. But um, again, not the recluse type like Stan or somebody. To where you know you're spending an extra three hundred, two hundred and two hundred and seventy dollars, two hundred seventy five dollars, two hundred eighty dollars to get that. Um, oh, it also has reserved elevated VIP viewing section at main stage. Wait, the other one didn't say that? Did the other one say? No, the uh, uh, the VIP one says uh, special seating, um, but the ultimate VIP actually has an elevated seating area that gives you eye-level view of the stage. It's only a $430 upgrade. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely not going to happen. Private cash. It's the elevated seating and the meet and greet with Danny Trejo. That's the difference. Yep. So do, do you want to talk about uh, your new project? So we are launching, or we have started helping our friend launch his new endeavor. One that he's been talking about for quite a while. And one that he's, it's really an expansion off of what he has been doing. So we've had Craig on the show in the past in the episode where we talk about uh, flat track roller derby. That's been a passion of his for years. It has. He's been um, calling races or matches for some time. It's been officiating. Yes. Um, What do they call them? NSOs, non-skating officials Mm -hmm. or officiants. I think it's officials. Um, so we've been helping him launch his streaming channel and um, social media platform because he wants to turn 
his passion into his livelihood, hopefully. Oh, that's what we don't like to do. Right, right. You know, you can't do it if you don't start it. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the uh, journey of a thousand steps begins with a single. Right, so we started a, a couple weeks ago with some Facebook streams. And we're trying to work the bugs out uh, about how that goes. We started with the webcam. He started with his his little sh- um, talk show. F- little his l- little means short, no, not little being quaint. <laughs> but he he does a two time a week stream where on Tuesdays he recaps what happened over the weekend, and Thursdays he gives you previews and what to watch out for for the coming weekend because most of the derby matches happen on the weekends. I don't know if they don't, if they happen any other time. The really cool thing about this is it's kind of like an um, indoctrination for me because I get to see what it's about, you know? I, I get to hear things as they happen. Well, and you get to practice your uh, your skills, uh, applying them to, uh, to another person. Whereas uh, with what we do you have the added complexity of you're trying to record yourself, you're trying to video yourself, you're trying to showcase the things that you do. And, and in this circumstances, we can, we can abstract ourselves out of uh, the end product uh, to a great extent and just focus on somebody else. So it gives you a freedom. It gives you uh, opportunity to do and certainly not having to be in front of the microphone or not having to be in front of the camera in one fashion or another, it's liberating. Yeah, I can constantly work, adjust, tweak um, if he needs anything or reminded of anything during production or if the the sound needs checked, something like that. You know, I'm, I'm free to scamper around adjusting things without having to worry about becoming a, a distraction on camera you know in the past i i have recorded us in a group sometimes sometimes pretty well sometimes not so well sometimes you know three four five cameras at a time four cameras at a time it's good when it's recorded but this presents a whole new um problem for me problem um, it's a whole new situation in the fact that we're trying to stream. We're trying to stream live, and we're trying to we're trying to get good sound and good video on a live stream. You know, the first couple times we used webcam, and we're we're kind of limited by quality of the webcam. Didn't like that the last time. Um, I used camera with a Camlink software, and, and ultimately, I want to move into a multi-cam environment to be able to drop graphics and videos onto the screen for the viewers and it's strictly like a sports show you know well that's that's the whole format that he's shooting for is that uh, he's the reporter and uh, he's presenting information about the sport uh, definitely wants to do interviews with uh, with people that are active in it so we should probably tell uh, our listeners uh, who Craig is and how they can find him. Well, like I said, we've had Craig Chenoweth on in the past, and now his new channel is uh, on YouTube. It's Into the Derbyverse. He's uh, available at... Okay, so okay. initially you're going to find him under under his name, uh, Craig Chenoweth. 
So you'll be able to see all of Craig Chenoweth's Into the Derbyverse streams um, on Facebook right now, and we're going to transition over to his YouTube channel. This week is what I'm pushing for, and those announcements will be available on his page, as well as we're going to drop all the links into the DesperateMothers.net blog page. So if you want to see where you can reach Craig Chenoweth and watch Into the Derbyverse this week, you can you know, always find the links on the Desperate Mothers blog page. And you'll get links even to that page from the podcast description. And for the moment, you can find it on his uh, personal page on uh, Facebook for Craig Chenoweth. C-H-E-N-O-W-E-T-H. All right. And you know, my interesting thing this week is I happened across and this happened through my puppet thing oh my two interesting puppet news this week I'm going to say is I finally got around to joining the LA Guild of Puppetry and and they're not very discriminating <laughs> what's this a uh, send us $20 and uh... and you're a member yeah, yeah. I was I think it was like $30 or something like that but you know and, and they're about promoting puppetry and, and the LA Guild's been around since like 1956 or something um, well that's uh, that's actually pretty awesome I mean you got a little enameled pin it looks like I did I did I got a pin I got uh, a letter thanking me for joining the, the the LA Guild of Puppetry it was founded in 1956 and officially chartered by the Puppeteers of America in 1957 now, I feel really honored. I know some really great puppeteers that have been members. But in knowing that this place has been, oh, the LA Guild of Puppetry has been around for 61 years, mm -hmm. 62, I am number 525. So it's, it's a, an elite core. Yes, sure. That's what we're going to go for. In all of Greater LA, there are only 524 other members. Well, and there's no guarantee that all those are alive. No, no, not after 62 years. <laughs> well, okay, uh, you know, maybe they started to to recycle numbers, or maybe they didn't originally issue people numbers. So there's always that hope that yeah. <laughs> there's not just 525. <laughs> like I was. Uh, I was talking to somebody who was a member of the Magic Castle yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, how'd you become a member of the Magic Castle? And I started geeking out because I was really thinking about it because I've been learning a little bit of magic myself because in the interest of like enriching my videos, I want to do a little bit of sleight of hand and learn a little bit of magician tricks for some of my videos, right? Just out of curiosity. So I've been reading a whole lot more. And, and you know, places like the Magic Castle and stuff, they, they're, they have worldwide recognition but they really don't have that kind of numbers that you think they would right it's not going to have a hundred thousand members i mean it makes sense because then it wouldn't be so exclusive and awesome right so anyways i, I was really kind of thrilled about that to get my name it's all handwritten yeah. so it's like all old school right you know <laughs> And the pen is not even well, like... You should definitely laminate that. And if you don't have a laminator, I, I will laminate it for you. So, yeah, I'm all excited about that. It even has my join date on here, which is um, September... September... Oh, yeah, September 30th. Yeah. 
So it's good through September 30th, and I have to re-up. Okay. So I got that. So as a puppeteer, it's kind of my fun, nerdy thing. The other thing is I went on to join the, you know, the Puppeteers of America. All right. So um, I have one suggestion for you. You yes. need to make an Ivanka puppet. Then I will be inside you Ivanka, too. You would be inside too. Ivanka. Yes. yes. Oh, just like Donald Trump dreams. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm not going to talk about it this week. I'm going to put it out there to recommend to recommend other people watch it and may recommend that you watch it. But the Henson alternative was was contracted to help make the puppets for a new Netflix show. Yeah. Did you hear about it? I did not. Okay. So the name of the show is um, the name of the show is the Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. Okay, actually, I have seen that on Netflix. I haven't watched it. So the puppets were made by the Henson Alternative. Okay. So they're the ones who, who made... I almost watched that this week. Happy Time Murders. Yeah. So Brian Henson and... And they do other things. They've done a handful of other projects. So if the puppets on there look high quality, it's because they were made by, you know... By people that know something about puppets. Yes. So, I've watched the first episode. Maybe we can all watch more episodes this week and come back to it. But, you know, let's let's watch it. And if you have seen it, please leave your comments of Netflix's Curious Creations of Christine McConnell in uh, the comments section below. Well, I, I think I can definitely promise to have watched it before the next time we do a podcast. What about Happy Time Murders? Well, okay, at the moment it's looking like I would have to uh, to buy a DVD or Blu-ray. So check that out. Hey, and if you like this podcast, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, leave a comment. Tell iTunes that you want to see more podcasts from us. Unless you don't. <laughs> And if you don't, I really want to see that in the comments section. Any response is appreciated. Yes, yes, because the bots at the N and the NSA, just they're not allowed to comment. And it gets old after a while to see those numbers spike up to 10, 20,000. Nobody? Seriously? Just one comment. And if you leave, if you leave us a comment and uh, um, uh, our inclined to do so uh we'll be happy to send you some merch we got merch we have merch we do that's crazy all right thanks for listening to the Dutch Miller's podcast i'm cedar Walker. and i am jack fisher huh? oh.